me if you get up during uh, what I'm sharing to get more food. I think there's more drinks in the refrigerator, so uh, feel free to do that. If your kids are still in here um, when they're done eating, feel free to take them over to, um, to Penny. Or you can leave them in here as well if you want. A few things I want to share, and then uh, I'll cut y'all loose. First, thank y'all um, for being here. How many of you, this is the first non-Sunday morning thing that you've come to? Excellent. We're really glad you guys are here. We usually do something, if it's your first non-Sunday morning thing, we have a hula hoop, and we see who can do the best. I'm not joking. So, um, really glad you guys came. I know it's always risky to come to something when you don't really know what it's going to be like or who you're going to have to sit with if you're going to have to make conversation. So really appreciate all you guys being here. If you have any questions at all uh, about the church, feel free to ask me. You can ask me tonight or uh, some other time. You can email me, call me, whatever you want. Uh, definitely want you to feel plugged in. I said, I guess, for the past few weeks that the next six months... Go out. We'll just do the best we can. Um, the next six months for us are really important, and I, I do I do believe that. I'm not really sure why, but I, I feel like they're really important, and that's some of in and out. Okay. I'll just do the best we can. Um, I, I think it's, in, again, it's important. I'm not sure why, but that's what I want to talk about tonight is kind of where we're, the decisions that we need to make in the next six months that I don't have answers to now. I don't have a lot of clarity on these things, but I, I feel like it's a direction that we need to push into. Nobody can predict the future. I'm not going to try to predict the future, but I feel like we need to lean forward a little bit and see if we can get some more revelation. So that's really what I'm pulling for over the next six months. So beginning next year, we've got a firmer grasp. Up to now, everything to me that we've done has been pretty easy and pretty obvious. We felt like the Lord wanted us on the square. This was the only building there was. It wasn't really a decision. We had to fix it up, and so we did. We needed administrative help, so we hired Kim. We had a bunch of kids, so we hired Penny. We needed to expand. It was, all of it has been easy up to this point, and, and fairly obvious. It hasn't taken uh, a lot of... You know, we haven't sweated bullets on our knees wondering, is this the right way to go? It, everything has been, again, pretty obvious. The doors have been pretty wide open, and there's really only been one. I think moving forward, it's going to be a little murkier, not in a bad way, but I think we just have more options. For the, we've been here since August of 2007, and I feel like the foundation has been established as a church. We have a pretty solid foundation, and it's the next thing that I feel like we have to determine what are we going to do next. First thing, obviously, if you don't have a solid foundation, anything you build on it is going to crumble. I feel like we're there. And so it's what's the next thing, what goes on top of this foundation. Back in January, I think was the last time we did this, January or February, I mentioned that we wanted to move forward. We talked a lot about elders and what elders uh, will do at our church, and we took elder nominations, and we've had interviews and all that. And so tonight I'm here to say that we've pushed pause on that whole process. We had um, six guys go through the elder interview process, and every one of them was an excellent candidate. The question for me is not who, it's not whether any of those guys should be elders. They're all elder material. It's which of, of the six, we can only take three. Which of the three do we need to take now? And I just, I, I'm not sure. I didn't get clarity on that. Our leadership group, we just, we couldn't come really to a firm point on who those three needed to be. So we decided the smartest thing to do would be just to wait until that becomes 
clear. And so what we've done is we've created a transitional leadership team, that sounds fancy, um, where we've taken some of our existing leadership team and some of the guys on the finance team and we've smashed them together and they're going to be this transitional leadership team to get us to the point where we've got elders. And the guys on that team are Al Otto, uh, Peter Tompkins, who is not here, uh, his wife is here, Brandon Hutchins, Amy Norris, and me. So that's who we have on this transitional leadership group. So we're kind of functioning as the leadership team over the next however many months, weeks or months that it takes for us to really nail down the elders thing. And what I want to say to y'all as a group is I don't feel like we missed it. I feel like for at least nine months, maybe 12, I thought we've got to push with elders. We need to push into that. We did. We got great candidates. We had great interviews. And that's as far as we got. So um, it's a pretty big deal to install people into leadership and I think it's in First Timothy. Paul tells Timothy not to lay hands on people too quickly, and we don't want to do that. So rather than doing that, I've just said let's wait. So that's what we're going to do. Again, that's no reflection on the candidates. They're all awesome. I think every one of them is elder material, and if they, I think they all could be elders at this church. I just don't know which three need to be elders right now. So we're just going to give the Lord a little more time to make that clear to us. So that's kind of that situation. Does anybody have any questions about that? Go ahead. Well, what we felt like going in was we wanted to have uh, a big enough group that we could get decent opinions, but not so big that it would be difficult for us to talk. And I think six would get a little unwieldy. So kind of the way we've set it up is as the church grows, the leadership will grow. And we said up to about 200 people in worship, we were going to have four elders. And that's about what we're running now. And so uh, Brandon, who's on the current leadership team, is rolling over as an elder, and so we're adding three. So that, that'll give us the four. So that's really where that comes from. Any other questions about that? Y'all good? Perfect. Um, second thing, moving forward, I've got two major ministry headaches that I don't have solutions for that I feel like we need solutions for moving into the fall. I'm just going to throw them out there. I'm not really looking for... Folks, just to volunteer. Willingness is great, but that's not really what I'm looking for here. I'm really looking for calling and competence in these areas. But I just want to let you know these have been ongoing headaches for us, and I feel like we need to grow up and do something about it. And the two areas are students, and um, I'll call them drop-ins, people who just drop in during the week who need help. Um, usually it's financial assistance. That, I would say, has been the... That area has been the biggest uh, frustration point for me in the two years that we've been here. I would say this is not an exaggeration. Three to five people a week come in needing anything from a bus pass to a job to a place to stay. Last week, who made God? Nine o'clock, somebody comes in. I don't have a place to stay tonight. Can you help me? And we, we have that happen three to five times a week, and it's difficult to really know how to navigate through that this is also not an exaggeration. I've tried five different programs, and none of them really have worked. So as long as we're going to be here, and as far as we know, we're going to be here for a while, that's going to be, however you want to say it, a ministry opportunity. We'll say that way. And we need to be able to address it in a way that's 
faithful to who we are, faithful to who God is, good steward of the resources we have, generous, all of those things. Again, it's been probably, I would say without a doubt, my number one ministry headache over the past two years. And I feel like we just, we have to, we need to make some progress. We need some traction there. And as people who are saying, this is my church, or I think this is my church, I need, we need help. And again, I'm not just looking for ideas. I got tons of ideas. I think what I'm really looking for are people who say, I'm called to minister to drop-ins. And I'm willing to make myself available for that. And then out of that group of called people, we'll figure out what we need to do. The last thing we need are just guys from the stand saying, I think you should do this. I got plenty of that. I need people who'll say, this is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I feel called to do. So I'm just going to lay that out there for you and say, moving into the fall, I really feel like that's something important for us to get down. It's a huge ministry. It is a huge ministry opportunity. Again, it's three to five people a week who are... Some of them are trying to scam us. Some of them are genuinely in need. But either way, it's an opportunity to love people, all of that stuff. You know that. So that's one. The second is students. We tried something last fall. We kind of made a go of some type of student thing, and it didn't go very far, and that was nobody's fault. The guys who volunteered did a great job. They did their best, but we just, it's kind of one of those chicken and egg things. Do you need a youth ministry before you have youth, or do you wait till you have youth, and then you have a youth ministry, and we've kind of waited till we would get youth, and we haven't. And honestly, if I was a parent of a teenager, and I looked at our website and saw there was nothing for teenagers, I probably wouldn't come either. And so we're just going to give it a shot again. And again, I'm not just looking for people who are willing to work with kids. I'm really looking for folks who feel called to that. I don't, I kind of have a profile in my mind that I'm not going to share. We'll just see kind of what happens, but if that's you, if you honestly would say, yeah, I feel called to do student ministry, and I will say straight up from the beginning, it will not be easy. That is my phone. (laughs) Somebody who apparently does not consider Stonebridge their home church. (laughs) Or they need a place to stay. Most of those folks... So... um, I would say this this student ministry thing, we're, it, at the beginning, I'm not going to lie, it's not going to be easy. We probably have 10 to 12 students, which you know teenagers tend to be pack animals, and 10, 12 is not really a pack. So it's difficult, and it's only three or four families, and so you've got brother, sister stuff going. There's some dynamics there that make it a challenge to pull off, but... What I'm looking for, again, uh, we need to. On one hand, you can say it's pretty amazing that our church has grown the way we have. When we started in August of 2007, we had about 30 people, 30 adults, who said, this is my home church. We probably now, we're brushing up near 200. The fact that we've gotten to that point when we don't have anything for people 12 to 18 in their families is pretty miraculous. So... It's, it's just, it's time for us to really own that and recognize that we need to do that. We've got a ton of kids who eventually will be students, but we can't wait for that and just say we'll have a youth ministry in three or four years when this, these 50 kids are old enough. We need to jump on that now. And I don't, again, have a firm idea of what that looks like, but as people who are saying, yeah, this is, this is my church. I would just ask if that's an area where you feel called, not just willing, not just I got a free night, but you really feel called, 
Come talk to me about that, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, so those two ministry areas for the fall, I would just lay out there, and if you feel called in those two areas, come talk to me, because we need to get some traction. We've kind of been walking around the mountain for a long time, and we need to make some progress. Any questions on any of that stuff? Okay. Um, also this fall, one of the things we're going, probably the major ministry initiative for us is going to be small groups. We, we did small groups way back when, when we first started. We were pretty small. It probably was kind of silly to do small groups when you, when you were a small group, basically. We had 35 people, but we did, and uh, it was fine. We did not do them for about a year, and I feel like this fall is the time. How many of you are, have been at Stonebridge since for, le- for 12 months or less? 12 months or less, if you've been coming here. Excellent. So more people than not have been here for 12 months or less. And what we found, or what I found, we did these surveys back in January, people feel welcomed on Sunday morning, and they feel like, yeah, this is nice, and you're friendly, and it's a welcoming atmosphere. But this transition to saying, this is really, these are my people, that's not happening. People aren't feeling connected in. So there's a, there's a friendly, we're good at being friendly, which is awesome, but we're bad at really at being family, which is not awesome. And so I feel like the small groups, that's the link in that chain for a lot of people. That's what will help get people from friendly to family. Again, when we have 50 people, it's easy. Everybody knows everybody, and that's not a big deal. When we have two services and there's 125 people in each service, it's a lot more difficult to really feel family. So this fall, we're starting small groups. And I would say, if you, if, if you think Stonebridge is your home church, you need to get in one. Even if you don't like them, you need to get in one. We're just, we're going to try. And we all need to get on board with that. At this point, it looks like we might have about 10 groups, maybe 12. We'll see how it all shakes out. Parenting, Bible studies, regular just, I guess, sit around and talk groups. I'm not sure what those will look like. So we've got, but the people leading them are great, so it'll be fun. So anyway, we've got 10 or 12 groups. They'll be throughout the week. Some will be for married, some for singles, some for anybody. There'll be a pretty good variety, as much variety as you would expect from a church our size. And I would just say, do it. You might have tried small groups before and you didn't like it. Try it again. It'll be six to 10 weeks, one night a week, so you're looking at maximum of 20 hours. You can do anything for 20 hours. So that's to me, is the biggest thing that we're doing, and that will really tell the tale for us moving forward. Many people who've kind of stuck with our church have done so because of the relational element. And if we grow, we're going to lose that unless we intentionally hold on to it. And the way to hold on to it is through small I mean, the bottom... the Reality is, when we had 80 people, you didn't know everybody anyway, and you didn't connect with everybody anyway, but it just felt like you could if you wanted to. And we've, Small groups are important, so I would say moving into the fall, just have that in your mind. We're going to launch them. It's going to be six to ten week session. You can bail at the end if you don't like it, but give it a shot, particularly, again, if you think this is your home church. We need you kind of leading the charge on that. Anybody have any questions? Good. All right, now here's the part that's a little fuzzy. All that stuff I feel good about. I think those are things that need to happen. I think they will happen. 
I'm again, I'm not a very good at kind of looking ahead and seeing where the future is and hope that doesn't make you lose confidence in where we're going, but it's the truth. So I've been thinking about this one to three year thing. I don't have a five year plan. I've been shooting for one to three and not even a plan, but just a direction. And really I'm just looking at as general as north, south, east, or west. It doesn't have to be super specific, but just a general direction for the next one to three years. And that's what I feel like is a key for us in the next six months is to really nail that down. Two things I know. One, we were called to Marietta. We're going to stay on the square. I shared about three or four months ago on big decisions, the light's red until it's green. And so for me, the light for us is red to stay here until it turns green. And I don't see that happening. God can do whatever he wants. But for me, this is where we are. We're going to be on the square until God says, get off the square. And again, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So that's number one. And number two, way before we even thought Stonebridge, when I was 23 years old, I really felt like the Lord said that it was important to not just start a church, but to start churches. And uh, that's something that's been on the back burner for me since we've done this. I felt like it was important to establish Stonebridge. But now I think this idea of starting another church is starting to bubble up a little bit for me, and I think it's something that's going to be important for us as a church to do. And that sets some value and that sets some priority for us. If we're going to be a church that plants churches, well, that's different than a church that doesn't. There are resources that have to be given to that, that in terms of money, in terms of people, time, stage time, all of that stuff that has to happen if we're going to be a church that starts churches. So I've been thinking about that. Again, all of this was easy. You can't start a church where you can. It would be very difficult to start a church the way we were two months ago. Very difficult when you've got a hundred and something people to to think that you can start something that's going to be healthy. It's really going to be tough on a new church to do that. Kind of in our experience, about five to ten percent of the people from an existing church leave to start a new one. So if you've got a hundred, 125 people, you're talking five or ten folks to leave and start a new, very difficult to do, particularly in a place like Marietta. Once you start getting your numbers up a little bit, then that 5 to 10% looks like a decent core group. If you think about us, we took 30 out of about seven or 800, and I'm awesome, and we only took 30. So, I'm joking. <laughs> so, that's not true. Um, it's difficult to pull a group out of an existing church. The idea of starting churches is great. The reality is not so fun. You've got to give up a lot of stuff to say, yeah, I'm going to leave this church that's established and has stuff for my kids and has, you know, the music's awesome and the sound's great and there's no feedback and they've got a nice building. It's hard to leave that and say, yeah, I'm going to hang out with you guys in somebody's basement for a while and try to start scratch. So that's a difficult thing to pull off. And air conditioning. We didn't have air conditioning for a while either. I forgot about that. So, for us to be a church that starts churches, we need a sufficient base to draw from. And in my mind, back when I was 23 years old, it was three to 500 people. Three to 500 adults. Three to 500 adults who said, yeah, I'm in. This is my home church. If you have that kind of a core, then you can success, you can, you have the possibility of starting something new. Five to ten percent of three to 500, that's a decent size, core group. And so we're not there yet, but if we filled this place up twice, we are. 
We can fit 200 people in here. You do the math. It's 400 of the people who are in a church show up every Sunday. So if we have 400 in here, you've got 500 who say, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So now to me, that's becoming much more of a reality that in the next year or two years, we could begin to move towards planting a church. Now, I don't know what that looks like in terms of actually pulling that off. Because there's another kind of reality. This isn't in the Bible. This is just people's experience. That within church health world, when you hit about 200 people, they call it the 200 barrier. It's a pretty, it's the most difficult hurdle in terms of church health. 85% of the churches in America have less than 200 people. The average church size in America is about 87. So, um, and 85% have less than 200 in worship on a regular basis. And we're, we're starting to brush up against that number. For us in a suburban context, that 200 number is actually more like 150. And that's when things become difficult for me, is basically what it is. It's when the pastor becomes a bottleneck. And probably since about January, I've felt like I've been a bottleneck for ministry and for decisions. I felt like everything has to go through me and it's not, it's not good. It's limiting us as a body and it's limiting us as an organization. So we're, we've been kind of brushing up against this, I think, for the past six months. And I think we'll continue to do so. So we've got this kind of barrier. It's not, again, it's not in the Bible. It's just people's experience. When you hit this 150 to 200 people in worship, you, things have to change. And, it cannot, it can be uncomfortable for some. Many of us who are here were here because it was small and it was intimate and we, we had connections with everybody and that's beginning to change a little bit. I talked to somebody the other day who said, when I walked in the first Sunday and I almost felt bad because there were so many people I didn't know. And that's, that's okay to feel that way. I feel that way sometimes. Also, it was easy when there was, it was smaller and we knew everybody and we could do things a little more spontaneously. It's, it's getting more difficult to do that now. It takes more effort to connect and be relational. So our choices are either to tell people they can't come anymore or to figure out how to move forward. And I think that's probably the thing God would do. I don't think he would say, tell people they can't come in. So moving ahead, we've got these two things going on. In my mind, we need three to 500 people to be able to start a church, which I think that's part of who we need to be. In order to get there, we've got to bust through this kind of 200-person hurdle, which will require something of us. There's something that's going to have to shift in terms of the way we relate to one another. In order to get to this size where we can start a church, you see how those things fit together? This is where we want to get, but we've got to jump this hurdle to get there. And it, and it is a significant hurdle. That's why most churches never get over 85% of the churches never get through it, because it is a significant barrier uh, to church health. I won't even say growth, but just to a church being healthy. A couple of things for you to be thinking about moving forward. One, in order to do that, relationship you lose relationships as you grow. You've got to be more intentional. They don't just happen kind of by chance anymore. That's another reason why small groups are so important. We've got to connect in small groups so we lose the relational feel, which really is who we are. That's a huge part of who we are. We did these surveys back in January. This is going to sound incredibly arrogant. No more arrogant than I'm great, and we only took 30. 
on the surveys, the number one reason people were here was because of the messages on Sunday morning, which on one hand, that can make me feel really good. On the other hand, that makes me feel really scared because sometimes they're not that great. And it makes me wonder, well, what, what is that? If the whole thing is built on 25 minutes, that's not solid. That's not. So while that can be great for my ego, that's bad for our church. For that to be the thing that this is built on is the fact that the messages may or may not be good. It's not, we can't go forward with that. So what we need is rather than people connecting to me only or connecting to the things I'm saying, we need people connecting like this. That's where the connections need to be happening. So when I stink, it doesn't matter. Or when we bring in new people, it doesn't matter. Because it's not about me. I don't mean that with any... That's why these small groups are so important. And if we're really going to kind of push ahead and hurdle this 200 thing, then we collectively, people who are saying, yeah, I'm in, this is my family, I need you. I need people connecting to you. And I need you connecting to people. Small groups is the best way. We tried the life transformation group deals last fall. They didn't really go anywhere, and those are hard to start. It's hard to start a group with two or three people where you share your guts every week. That's, I get it. That's difficult. Small groups are a little bit easier, and that, so maybe that's a better place for us to start, but that needs to happen, and we need those connections. And it's not about getting our church big. I feel like we plant a church, and I feel like we need three to 500 people to do that. So that means we've got to get past 200, or we never get to 300. If we don't get there, I'm not sure that we'll. I think that's a big part of what God wants for us. Do you see how all that plays together? It's not about us. We're not competing with North Point. I'm not. We're not. We're not doing satellites. We're not doing franchises. No video. I'm not writing a book. None of that stuff. This is about us carrying out the vision that I think God has given, which is be a church that starts churches and being able to do that in a healthy way. Nothing is more devastating than a church closing. Awful for everyone who's a part of it. And the last thing we want to do is try to start churches that aren't healthy. And if we're not healthy, the mama's not healthy, the baby's not healthy. And so we've got to get to a point where we can cleave off five to 10% of who we are and give that as a seed to start something else. And 5 to 10% of what we have now, that's, that's premature. That's NICU for a long time. So we need to get, we need to get there. We need to get to 500. I get that. I don't know what the, but I feel like that's the next one to three years. I'll be disappointed. That shouldn't happen for us. So how that ties into you and what do you care? This, we've got to, this 200 thing is real. And it, particularly if you've been more than a year. If you were here when we were small, it can feel like a loss when we're not small anymore. And you can say, well, I liked it better when. And it's easy to moralize that. Not just I liked it better when, but the church was better when. We were more holy when we were, when we could pray we were more, we were a better community when we used to say, what do you want for your birthday? And we would all pray for you. That was, that was more righteous than what we're doing now. And it's not. It's just different. 
You can't do, it's, those of you with families, it's harder to do things with five than it is with two. It's, it's not that five or two is better, it's just different. And we just need to recognize to this point where we can start a church, there's going to be some things that we have to do differently. So if, if you're in, the next six months will be transitional for us in some ways. The small groups are going to become really important, vital for, well, for those to be places people can connect. And there's a whole other piece that I don't, uh, I'm not going to talk about tonight. We don't have time, and I don't to leadership. Uh, when I felt like a bottleneck, I remember one Tuesday night we had just, we said, let's just try to listen to the Lord. And I went and I sat on a bench, and as soon as I sat down, in my mind, do y'all remember those old wooden crates that uh, Coke bottles used to come into? You get 24 of these Coke bottles in this wooden crate. What? Okay. And uh, the picture I saw immediately was a wooden crate with a I don't know if that's going to feed back. 